back to the Hoopstumple podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining me in Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. Good to see you, Nate. Good to see you. How was camping? Fantastic. It was uh, the ground is hard and the dirt is as dirty as ever. Good, because we're about to get down and dirty with the 51st through 75th best small forwards of NBA, ABA, BAA history. What a list. What a what a grouping. It gets worse and worse as contact gets it gets worse in terms of the players, it gets better in terms of the interest. It does. I was really hoping that this group was like I, I thought shooting guards was a really weak position. I was like, man, we're gonna hit small forwards, we're gonna be able to talk about good players again. We're gonna be talking about guys who made meaningful impacts. And I found like ten of them and then it just like kinda went downhill. Maybe this is like twelve or thirteen, but man. My nomination for seventy five is rough, and so I'm I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping you've got something better for me. By the time you get to the end, at this point, it's it's the players you like, the players you uh, you have a soft spot for. That's 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 all right. Nate, you made me pick fifty one last time. I'm making you pick yeah. fifty one this time. Please let me hear it. John Drew, you hated okay. him last time we did this, but he's still number still the highest guy on my board. We're talking about a guy, and at this range, you've got kind of a couple different options. You've got guys that are, you know, number three or number four on good playoff teams. Or you've got guys that are like the leading scorer on non-playoff teams. Guys that put up like 25 points and their team wins 35 games. I feel like John Drew is kind of splitting the difference on those. He averages 20 and 7 for 10 years. uh, And his team makes the playoffs four out of eight times while he's like the main guy. Um, He leads the team in win shares for five if times in 79 they win 46 games with him leading in the team they also push the bullets to seven games in the playoffs like I, I think he's a good blend of I am the leader of my team I am the leading scorer and my team isn't garbage that's a tough blend to find a lot of the times you'll see these guys that we're going to talk about hey they got to 20 25 points tonight and it was on a 17 win team like that's kind of the caliber of player we're talking about I think you're making the right call Nate. I did have him one spot down just because okay. I, I like my first nomination, but John Drew, also the very first player to receive the lifetime ban from David Stern for substance abuse. Yeah, that um, does happen. It does Someone happen. It doesn't, to be the doesn't first. hurt his case. Yeah, that's true. He's still given us 20 points and seven boards for an entire career. I got a quote from his teammate, Dan Roundfield, the powerful, who said mm. that John Drew will get you 22 points in his sleep. Yeah, and, and he will. He did. Now, the playoffs, he does take a little bit of a dive, um, you know, despite averaging 20 in the regular season, he averages like 15 in the playoffs. But still, we need someone good enough to get you there. And I don't think a lot of the other guys are good enough to get you there. There's one possible exception who I'm interested to hear. Was he your 51? Who is your 51? I had Doug Moe. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that. But I was going to say, at this point, if, if these guys are good enough to get you to the playoffs, it is so rare that they hold that level because mm-hmm. they're probably overachieving and then it kind of comes comes down a bit because they're not really great first options and then the defense tightens up and it gets a bit harder almost for all of these guys then maybe they're 20 points in the regular season they're going to be 17 points in the playoffs yeah interesting to hear that you had doug mo the doug mo case is pretty simple he's just to start with some background stuff he's a part of the gambling scandal that gets mm-hmm. connie hawkins but when he joins the aba in 68 he is second in mvp vote and he takes his new orleans buccaneers if i remember correctly that is Mm -hmm. right new orleans buccaneers to the finals they lose in seven games to connie hawkins so he's second place in mvp voting one game away from a championship he's almost 
the best player and the champion of the first year of the ABA, if he just had that one game flips, a few votes flip, we're talking about him much, much earlier. But then he wins the 6-9 championship anyways, averaging 20 points, 8 boards, and 2 assists on that Oakland Oaks team. So he has a ring, second place MVP finish. At this point, none of these guys are even close to the MVP conversation ever in their dreams. We're lucky if they're all, even all NBA or even all ABA. It's all it's early ABA stuff, which definitely hurts his case. But he is just so, so good to start. And um, he joins the league at age 29. And so his decline into his 30s is pretty reasonable. It's it's super fast. Like, it's it's expected because of the age, but it's just so fast. I, I struggled with him. I ended up actually placing him much, much lower just because it's really good first season ABA, second season ABA. He's no longer a top of 10 guy. Like, like goes from two to outside the top 10 to, you know, outside the top of 20, like, one, two, three. It's, He's it's still just second a... team all in, all ABA in '69 with the ring. It's just it's tenth so... and MV, tenth and MVP voting. It's it's a brief. I'm, I'm interested okay, to see so he's, he's who number you're, ten. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe he's number ten. Who's your fifty-two? Maybe we can compromise. So my fifty-two is going out on a bit of a limb. Um, it's Brandon Ingram. Wow. And it's a it's a skill based case because the accomplishment has not been there. Um, but no. for the last four seasons, we're looking at twenty-three points per game. Um, much tougher era, much higher level of competition. He's not made, he only made the playoffs one time. Uh, and he, the playoffs, he is fantastic. He's averaging 27, six and six with 58% uh, true shooting. It's nowhere near the accomplishment of Doug Moe, but it's, it's against a lot harder competition and it's against, um, uh, against a stacked Western conference. And so I, I wasn't quite sure what to do with Doug. I, I kind of waffled with him. You really feel confident or you feel strongly about having him that high? I do feel strongly about it. I feel like it's it's good ABA stuff. And had he been allowed to play earlier, given his gambling issues, I think it's a much different conversation. Not that it really changes anything. It, that's just too early for anger, unfortunately. Oh. I, I, I don't think it's, it's time yet. I mean, he has one all-star appearance. He's hurt most of the time. Yeah. Nothing really comes in the playoffs. I think it's good to get his name out there to say, hey, we're talking early players or current players, but... Yeah, Ingram, I feel like if he had played the last two seasons as full seasons, mm-hmm. or even the, the lockout year, in the year, um, the shortened season, he gets like 67 games, which in a, in a shortened year, that's great, but like he's got four good years under his belt. The last two have been short years, and the two before that were shortened seasons, and so it's just, I, I wish we had something better, but as far as like skill and talent, I feel like he's one of the highest skill and actually one of the higher peaks of the guys left. Sure thing. I mean, his ability to be the number one guy on a team that's that's probably pretty good. He has that and will probably show us that this season, hopefully, mm-hmm. given Zion's health. But maybe at the end of this next season, it's a whole different conversation. Can we do Doug Moe? Are you are you are we good with that? So it's it's really just that sharp decline that really hurts. Like I mean, you know, Connie Hawkins or Roger Brown, like there are also guys caught up in that scandal, and then they continue to have a couple of good years. They're definitely not as good in later years as they are in their first, but if Doug Moe had only lasted five games of that finals, how would, would that change your appearance, your thoughts? Possibly, but he doesn't. Well, <laughs> but, but he, Hawkins but gets suspended and misses a game, and yeah. so they're able to extend the series. I'm actually not sure if Hawkins gets suspended or why he misses a game, but Hawkins but misses a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like, that... That being a seven-game series. And then I pulled up the 69 Oakland Vinay's roster. That's Rick Barry. That's Warren Jabali. Like, sure. No, sure. But they would, I mean, Rick Barry gets hurt 
and then it's it's Mo in that starting small forward spot, and yeah. they they finish out that season, and he's he's crucial to a to a championship, and then you're not finding that anywhere else yeah. here. All right, all right, we can we can thank you thank bump you. Doug Mo in. It's early. We don't need to fight that much about these early guys, even though I had him down at sixty seven. Does that that put me back on the board for a nomination? I believe so. Actually, I've got Ingram out there. Ingram's still my next highest guy. Who else do you have? Who's your nomination now for fifty three? Luol Dang. Luol Dang. Okay. Okay. Make the case. Dang leads the league in minutes twice. And I think I know that's him being a Tom Thibodeau poster boy, but those Bulls teams are good. In fact, the 2012 Bulls are 50 and 12, and he's mm-hmm. out there for 90% of that season all the time. They're one of the best defenses in the league both of those years. And he's out there leading, really leading those defenses. He's a leading scorer on the 2013 Bulls. He's rebounding. He's playing great defense. He's facilitating a little bit at the wing spot. You're getting 15 points. You're getting great defense. You're getting seven boards on pretty solid teams from like 07 to 2013 but really those two seasons i just think it's cool at this point when good teams are like that guy has to be out there they need him on the floor and they did and and the bulls have have a good roster but in 2013 ding's their best player you know what's funny to do and going back and looking at that uh 2012 of season Hmm. can you name me all of the small forwards on that 2012 roster Man, is Rip Hamilton playing small forward at that point? Rip Hamilton is primarily a shooting guard at that point. Kirk Heinrich is still a shooting guard. He's my playing point guard at that point. Kirk is not on the team. No, Mike Dunley? Too early? Mike Dunleavy is not on the team. 2012. I have no idea. You've already named them all. <laughs> it's just the one. <laughs> it's just the one. Dang. <laughs> That's why they need him out there. Technically, Jimmy Butler also. Yeah, who, um, Jimmy Butler's out there. They list him as a shooting guard, or although he plays... Yeah, you look at basketball reference. He's a shooting guard who played ninety-five percent of his minutes at uh, at small forward, so it's a little misleading. Mm. Um, although he doesn't play a lot of minutes, this is still pretty young Jimmy. I, I had two things I really liked, or I had one thing that I really liked with Luol, and one thing I really disliked with Luol. In was it twenty thirteen when um, when Rose gets hurt in that first round? They are the number one seed. Is it is it twelve or thirteen that that he gets hurt? Twelve. 12. Yeah. All right, so so 12, they're the one seed, and Luol, or, uh, Rose gets hurt, and Luol just continues to put up the same numbers. There's there's no ability to raise. Is the, is the, like, he's playing 40 minutes a night, and, and he's putting up basically the same numbers over the rest of the series, and they lose to the eighth seed. Yeah. One thing I really liked about him, though, is do you know what happened to the Heat in 2007? Lost in the first round. Wall motherfucking dang happened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 26 points, 9 rebounds to sweep Dwayne Wade and Shaq. So you're into the ranking. You're into the ranking then. I'm uh, So Luol Deng was like the last of my like guys I'm like excited about. So I had him mm-hmm. down at 64. Okay. Could I talk to you about Richard Jefferson? Wow. Uh, sure. I was going to say about Deng though, when Kobe demanded a trade to Chicago, they were going to do it. And then when... He heard that Dang was in the the package coming back. He's like, wait a second, don't I like I want to play with Law Dang? Like, what are we talking about? Like, what are we doing? And so Dang's talent in a way kept Kobe in. Yeah, yeah, Kobe did that a lot. Like, he didn't want to go to the Pistons if they were going to give up Rip. Kobe wanted that like seven draft pick package. He's like, I don't want you to give up anyone. Just give up draft picks because that was kind of his whole shtick. I'm interested in Jefferson. I didn't love it. He gets up to 20-something points, and he rebounds pretty well. And it's this, it's the this standard small forward, five-ish rebounds, three-ish assists. But 
as he as he takes over more, like 2008, 39 minutes a game, like that team isn't good. And they still have Vince Carter and, and Kidd, although Kidd misses a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. So my thing with Richard Jefferson it is one insane longevity. They were looking at it's, uh, almost 1,200 games played, 1,300 if you count playoffs. A high-level contributor, and he talks about this. He says when he came into the league, he only wanted to play in the playoffs. He's like, if you're not playing in the playoffs, you're wasting your time. And so, like, just from a mindset perspective, the fact that he is constantly in the playoffs and constantly playing roles and playing big minutes on these teams as the kind of do-everything small forward. He wasn't particularly the defender that Luol Deng is. He was more of a—he's a much better offensive player. Um, I, I think he's kind of—he's a blend. He's not going to be your pure scorer or in the way— a lot of guys on this list, Kelly Tribuca would be, but he's also not going to be a, a pure defender. He does it all, and it's just constantly in deep playoff runs and plays a big role. If we're looking at guys that, just just some career numbers, 83 win shares. Uh, it's the highest of anybody that I've got plans to talk about today. Uh, true shooting added, 850. There's like three or four guys who scored more efficiently than that. And you're looking at 18 and 11 in playoff series. And if we just limit that down to series where he is playing like 30 plus minutes, it's also really good. It's um, trying to count on the fly. Eh, it's seven <laughs> and six. thought I wrote that down, but apparently I wrote. But he still has a ton of series where he's like 40 something. He has four playoff series, like 40 minutes per game. I still like Dang for his regular season ability, like floor raising ability in a sense. Um, I don't think Jefferson was ever really close to the all-star team. Definitely like all-NBA caliber. And- I, I would push back. I do feel like Jefferson was closer. Watching him in those years, there was a couple of years where I felt like he could make it. Yeah, but he did. He <laughs> some, didn't. Some guys did. But I some felt like guys he was closer. <laughs> Two all-star teams is like fringe all-star occasionally. Like maybe you'll make it if you're lucky. I I, I really can't see Dang a, a below Jefferson, but I'm willing to move Jefferson up pretty significantly. Okay. Okay, just for statistical comparison, in the the Matrix's model, Richard Jefferson's stats matrix, you know, Dang is going to win the awards, or it's having two all-star appearances. Stats-wise, Jefferson came in 169, and Luol Dang came in 296 because of that greater impact on winning the higher win shares, uh, the better scoring ability. Now, the, the Matrix doesn't always do the best job picking up on defense, but I do think that that... Um, the, the fact that Jefferson is on all these deep runs and is contributing at a really high level should matter. Like, Dang is 74 win share, so it's not that far off. Yeah. But that is Dang's best season away. So you'd have to duplicate his best season to catch Jefferson in length. For my top 10 players every season stats model thing that I did, Dang mm-hmm. is 24th in 2011. 23rd in 2007. Those are his two appearances in the top 30. Yeah. I don't think Richard Jefferson makes it. Let me see. Let's see. If Jefferson were to have made it, it probably... Yes, no, he, he, he has two appearances. Well, where'd he, where want, he land? You want to guess which years? Uh, he's, 20, he's 23rd both times. 06, 06 is and right. 04. 06 and 04 is right. Yeah. And those are his two high win share seasons. Those are the 11.7 and the 11. Can we do Dang then Jefferson? I'll, I'll settle for Dang then Jefferson. Awesome. All right. So we still have Ingram as a unfulfilled nomination. Um, you're really going to hate the next guy on my board. And I, I had to bring him up early because I know you're going to fight me on him all day. So we're, we're starting high and I'll let, you, I'll let you work me down. But it's it's Andrew Wiggins. I had Wiggins at 56. I don't oh. think we're that far off at all. I actually, I kind of like Wiggins more than Jefferson, but I, Wiggins is good. 
He's just, he was he's the second best player on a title team. <laughs> second best player on a title team. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. It's not, so, it's not that simple. Hundred <laughs> percent. That simple. No, no. So like to put this in two K terms, Curry is the ninety nine on that mm. title team, and Jefferson, Draymond, and Clay are like Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins. They're all like 81, 80, mm-hmm. 70. Like, like, yeah. There's one and then there's a chasm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like. As long as we all understand that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all understand that. But he did come up really big. Game four, 17 points, 16 boards. Game five, 26.13 boards. Game six, this is a special game. Did you, do you have his game six stats up? No, I don't. 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. Like, that is just. Let me do a little bit of everything while yeah. I'm also the primary guy defending Jason Tatum. I think the reason why he was lower for me than, than a Brandon Ingram is we've never seen him really lead a team. Ingram, I at least feel, has has led teams when healthy. Uh, and those Minnesota years are god-awful to look back on. They're terrible. They're truly terrible. And I think I made a video. Actually, I didn't post it, but it was about DeMarcus Cousins. And I said, with time, we lose the intangibles. We remember the talent. In the production, this the stat sheet stays the same, but we forget like the poor effort, the bad attitude, mm-hmm. and and really just bad defense overall. That kind of gets lost on people. And and Wiggins was he was like eighteen points a game, but looking at the numbers, it, you really got to deep dive a bit because he's in the top twenty for scoring. But of those twenty guys, he's not rebounding like any of them. He's rebounding with like six foot guards. He's not playmaking like any of them. He's a, playmaking with like a son white side he is um not defending he's... anybody either and so he and he also isn't scoring very efficiently either so he puts up these points they're not efficient and he does nothing else the scoring inefficiency was just dramatic to look back on like we're talking 52 percent true shooting it's not good it wasn't good at any part of scoring that's like six foot guard that can't get anywhere or that's you know struggling in mid-range two point land like that mm-hmm. is real bad he is negative 500 points on his career her true shooting added like I-, I did not expect it to be that low still just from a talent perspective i i felt like brandon ingram is a more talented player than wiggins and this is a bit of a circumstantial thing uh but but i guess if you're gonna also quantify with health be like wiggins had that year okay i i can i can get wiggins over Ingram, are you comfortable with Wiggins at 55? I want to put Jack Marin in first. Can we do that? I do love me some Jack Marin. Yes, thank I, I had you. Him, I had him down at 59, <laughs> but I, I love him. I'll, tell me your case. There's the two All-Star seasons, 72 and 73. Leads the league in free throw percentage in 72. In that 72 season, 22 points, seven boards, two assists. But the 71 bullets make the finals, and he's on that team, averaging 20 points, 8 boards, 3 assists. He's kind of doing it all like the small forwards at this caliber usually do. He's like second in points per game in the playoffs on that team, like third in rebounds, like third in assists. But a huge game in the conference semifinals, game seven against the Sixers, he goes off for a team-high 33 points and 16 boards with four assists on 11 of 22 shoot. Second in scoring on the bullets was Earl Monroe with 20, seven of 21 shooting. Him, un, un, uh, Monroe, Unseld, and Gus Johnson really struggle that game, but Marin steps up in such a huge way. Can we put Marin at 56? I just feel like he is guy three slash four, depending on how you feel yeah. about Gus Johnson on that team, whereas Wiggins is more guy two. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, sure, we could do that. It's... Uh, another fun thing about Jack Marin is he is traded straight up for Elvin Hayes. Like that's how toxic things got into Houston, where it's just like 
we will give you Elvin Hayes. My other knock on Jack McMahon is that he's his playoff success record is not that great outside of of this series or th- this run. Sure. Um, you only need one, though. I only need one. It's pretty rare to find two at this level. Yeah, but we're talking two for seven. The run that you just described <laughs> is both of the wins. Yeah. And the rest of his career, there's there's no other playoff victories. I was just looking at some other stuff. I think him and Jim McMillan, who we'll probably talk about later, are both yeah are both on the seventy five Braves. Are they? They both make they've yeah they both make their way to the Braves to play with uh McAdoo. Jim McMillan made the list for you. Yeah. Where did he land? Yeah, pretty soon. Nah, not that soon, but kind of soon. Yeah, he's on mine too. Back end. Yeah, but... he should be. He should be. Yeah, back end. Yeah, I squeezed in one of my favorites too. You're gonna have to. Well, you'll probably <laughs> easily talk me off of him, but I was just like, I I All don't right. have anyone else that I want here. Yeah. Back end. All right. All right. So if we've got uh, Wiggins 55, Jack Marin 56, my Brandon Ingram nomination still just floating in the breeze. My next two guys up, I think you're going to like them both. And I I do not want to drop them below 58. Okay. Or 59, I guess, if we can get Ingram in there. It's Jerome Kersey and Cedric Maxwell. Whoa. Whoa. Indeed. I have Kersey at 74 and Maxwell at 71. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I had Kersey like in the mid sixties, and I was like, "This guy doesn't even make an All Star team." Like, what am I fucking talking? It's it's the sacrifices, the contributions to winning. It's like yeah. if you were on your own team, you're putting up better numbers. He puts Kersey, up good numbers. I think you know I'm willing to do it because I moved him and Richard Jefferson down significantly. But now I'm like feel like I could be talked back into that kind of player if that's who we're going. But. I just think it's too early. Jamal Mashburn made an All NBA team. He was my next guy. Mash Mash fell off my list. What? He was All NBA. He was like twenty. He was like twenty four, six and six, taking a team to the playoffs. Jamal Kersey is like that's just not a. It's a different universe. What What year is Jamal Mashburn? Twenty four, six and six. I think it's oh three. Oh three. Third team yeah. All NBA. Yeah, he's twenty two, six and six. 40 minutes a night. Give me something. Come on. He's way better than Jerome Kersey. All right. I guess that team did get 47 wins. I was looking a lot more as earlier years where he's averaging 24 yeah. and the team is just garbage and like completely. It's a really interesting career. Yeah. He gets better the, near the end. He gets drafted to just the desolate place of the mid 90s Mavs. Puts up some big numbers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gets the, the mid 90s Mavs should have been good. But they fucked they up. They could have been. They were terrible. <laughs> um, I forget who they hired, but he was. Um, he was. He wasn't on Phil Jackson's staff, but he was like a disciple of Tex Winners, and was like, "Listen, Phil Jackson is the greatest coach of all time, and he runs this triangle offense, and I'm gonna run the triangle offense." And then tried to force Jason Kidd into this equal opportunity, spread the ball around. There, no point guard needed offense, mm-hmm. and it just drives Dallas like. It's it, not good. Yeah, it's it's just one of the worst things possible. But Mashburn drops in just averaging 24 points a night or 19 points and 24 points, gets hurt, then gets traded, then is hurt and then is hurt again, recovers in 2000, up to 20 points per game again in 01, plays another half season, then his big All-NBA breakout year at age 30, and then he gets hurt the next year and he's out of the league by age 32. Like he finally figured it out and his body gave out. Is Tobias Harris 30 yet? Is he? Uh, it's just saying maybe it's not too late maybe it's not too late for the all-nba breakout like that's the last time you can do it if you haven't made an all-star team yet that's the last time it's like all right it's officially too late it's the jamal mashburn line uh last year was his age 30 season Mm, so too late 
He missed it. Mashburn has such an interesting jump shot, if you uh, if you remember. It's just it's just kind of funky. Yeah. So I, I like I was looking at Mashburn, and the thing was that he was putting up these great numbers on really bad teams, then goes to Miami and puts up eh numbers on on. He figures it out team. in New Orleans, man. He does seem to figure it out in New Orleans, and even that two thousand one run is a really good run. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. You know what? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Fifty. The way these lists are made. At this point, it's like, I have this list 51 to 75, and I feel strongly about none of it. I don't feel good about any of this stuff. And like, if I give each player points, each one would be like one point apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think of like the 1 to 100 rankings, and like, we, we need decibel points for a lot of these guys is to, to separate and split them up. So Mashburn of 57. I, can you tell me why on earth? Was it Maxwell? Cedric Maxwell? Yes. I so, always mix up him and Sabalas. So Cedric Maxwell is the guy that gets the finals MVP over or Larry Bird in 80, 81. Come on. He, he has two rings and it wins the 81 finals MVP. And, and, and I see how he got it because if you look at their their averages over the course of the series, it's pretty close. Um, Bird's finding a lot of other ways to contribute. Cedric Maxwell has a bad game one and game two, but then games three through six, he's 22 points per game on basically 65% from the field, 11 rebounds. Uh, it's it, it is a masterful series at, at the height the highest level of competition. It is is contributing to winning at a super high level. It is also for his career. We're looking at eh, eight hundred thirty games. Looking at almost eighty career win shares. Like I was leaning a lot more towards guys that contributed to winning. Um, guys who contributed efficiently. He's got uh, plus one thousand five hundred points true shooting. And guys who kind of did it for longer. Because I feel like at this tier, you could put a lot of these guys on bad teams and have them put up shots and put up points. Uh, and I just, I wasn't super interested in the guy that was going to be the best player on a 35 win team. I was interested in the guys who were maybe going to be the third best guy on that championship team. And I feel like Maxwell, over the course of that year, he was probably the third best guy. But then he came up big in that 81 NBA Finals. Also leads the league in field goal percentage yeah. in 78 and 80. That's such a strange stat. I feel like field goal percentage, the winners of that stat, the leaders of that stat is completely lost on me. I know recently it's just, it's like DeAndre Jordan and it's it's, it's a big man those stat. Guys. But, but in the past it was, it really wasn't as much because big men were like posting up. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the rin rummy, rin, rin, rim running dunker spot kind of clink capella stuff it was more like he gets his shots down low and takes a little post tuck so the leaders in field goal percentage is like whoa like that guy yeah. with the league in field goal percentage if you get a, a wing that can run the floor and get on the break they're actually probably getting more dunks and whatnot than than your your big men so are you out on cedric yeah. maxwell finals mvp i just feel like it's too early for someone that just didn't really carry too much of a load and you can see look at the season before bird gets there he's there that team sucks. That team's terrible. Like it's 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 not not ready. Okay, so you're leaning more towards there's the star guys more towards. Then can I offer you a Bobby Freerick? I don't I don't even have that guy on my list. I'm not sure that is. You failed me. You failed me, Nate. I need that is 1947's uh player of the year basically. Uh, it is him and and uh Joe Folks battling it out from the small forward position. Um, uh, Bobby is a three-time BAA first-teamer. He was already 27 when the league started. He was uh, one of the military men recruited to the NBA or BAA at the time by Red Arback. 
He is, in his first three seasons, he's first, third, and 11th in points per game. He is, uh, or sorry, first, third, and 11th in true shooting, second, fourth, and 14th in points per game. He leads the Washington Capitals to a 49-11 and 11 record in 47, which is a 67-win equivalent if we were looking at a 72-game season. Uh, the first first year, he is, gets 18.7 win shares, which is greater than any Kobe Bryant season. Like, it's it's a fantastically short, terrible era. But if you want a guy that probably could have been the MVP, if they had MVP, I'm in. It's it's Bobby. I'm in, Nate. I'm in. Put him down. Fifty-seven. <laughs> All 58. right. 50, uh, yeah, 58, because you locked in Mashburn ahead of him. Your turn for a nomination, then, if you're not going to give me Jerome Kersey and Cedric Maxwell. Or Brandon Ingram. too early. Or Brandon Ingram. I got three guys on the board that were... That's true. Just just bullying you right now. It's 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 rude. You, you, you come to my city, and you just push me around. <laughs> my nomination's Cron Butler. Okay! Make the case! Are we... Cron Butler from 04 to 11... 2011, 18.6 boards, three assists, has those two all-star seasons where he's essentially like 20.7 boards, five assists. He's really for one of those seasons. 2007, 2008, about 20 points, about seven boards. We'll say four and a half assists. That's pretty good. And it's a pretty rare combination of scoring, rebounding, and passing. And he's a good defensive player. A lot of the times these guys are good scorers like a John Drew, but John Drew averages like 1.2 assists per game. Mm-hmm. It's really low. He's really doing it all. Pretty big playoff games too. He's on the the Wizards when they go up against LeBron, and he has some pretty nice playoff games. 2008 against LeBron, game five, 32 points, nine boards, five assists. 2006, game five against LeBron, 20 points, 11 boards, five assists, and four steals. Also has a pretty crazy game six. They lose by one point. He plays 52 minutes against LeBron James and the Cavs. 18 points, five assists, and 20 rebounds. Arguing for the Schmedium big three. The Schmedium three. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess of, how many like career... you want to guess how many career playoff 20 points per game nights he has? How many times he scored 20 points per game in a playoff Sorry, game? How, how many... Not per game. How many times did he score 20 points in a playoff game? Um, 50. 11. So, okay. Cr- Karan was the guy when I said earlier, you're going to have to talk me out of a guy that I love mm-hmm. because I, I love Karan Butler. That one season in L.A. was fantastic. His, his actual playoff, the, the year before he gets to L.A., it's, uh, it looks like a down year from the regular season perspective, but then he actually bounces back and has a good playoff run. I feel like that this is too high for him. I know he is a two-time All-Star, but the numbers really mm-hmm. just don't back it up. I think that's a lot of the East having a weaker All-Star selection and at the time, and it's just... Okay. Hey, he puts up points. Um, the the defense is and good. Rebounds. And assists, and he defends. I, maybe I am underrating him a bit. Um, he's, he's third in 07 and fourth in 08 in steals per game. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just... Come on. The Real memory of it in. is not as good as as the numbers. Let's... Let's let's pause for him. I'm I'm not against it, but I'll tell you what. We'll negotiate. Do you want to do Ingram and then Butler? Definitely Ingram before Butler. I, I will take your on the table. I will take your Ingram offer. I will refute the Butler part of that. That's not taking my <laughs> offer, Nate. You mean that's not <laughs> how negotiations work? <laughs> that's not how negotiation. You can't just take the things that you like. It's okay. So I want you to picture me this. 
if he's on a better team, what do his numbers look like? Um, I mean, it's close to what he was in like 2011 Dallas, which is like 15, 15, four and two, basically. Which is basically what we're looking at for Jerome Kersey or Cedric Maxwell. And they're coming up huge for teams that win. Well, Kersey no, doesn't win the no. title, but Maxwell does win <laughs> no, the title. No, they don't. No. Kersey, yeah. Kersey is huge in two NBA finals. What? Sure. What does this Karan Butler look like in the finals? I don't know, but he could make an all-star team. He could in in a weak Eastern Conference. Hey, the West was the West sucked in in the '90s. Jerome yeah. Kersey could have snuck in, but but he does he sneaks into the finals. And actually, the West in the '80s still had a pretty loaded front court as far as all stars go. Yeah, Barkley was still there. Barkley, Malone, Barkley. Yeah, Carl Malone took up one spot every year. Okay, that's fine. I'll do it. Jerome Kersey. So Ingram and then Kersey, and then you can stop. Yelling at me. Ingram, Maxwell, Kersey. Fine. Because I do think you got to have Maxwell. The, the finals, if you, listen, it's not my favorite award, but it is It is still something to, uh, of value, right? No? You're on mute. I'm just going to pretend you said yes. I'll, I do the editing. No, I said yes. Oh, okay. I said yeah. You're on I mute. agreed. So Ingram, Maxwell, Kersey. And then Karan Butler at 62. And then Karan Can I interest you in a Andre Karolinka? Okay. I was surprised. My memory of Karolinko does not seem to match with the numbers of Karolinko or the impact of Karolinko. Because I felt like Karolinko was a lot more impactful. What do you like about Karolinko? It is everything to do with the 4 season. In 2004, he leads the Jazz in scoring. He's first in rebounds. He is second in assists, averaging 1.9 steals and 2.8 blocks, also leading that team in those numbers. 37 minutes a night. The, uh, his teammates... Guys playing minutes after him. Greg Ostertag, Rajah Bell, Carlos Arroyo. I think it's Arroyo. Arroyo. Remember? Arroyo. Yeah. Jaron Collins. No idea who that is. Roel Lopez. Deshaun Stevenson. Sasha Palovich. Matt Harpring. Rookie, rookie, rookie Mo Williams. Really struggling. That team is terrible. They okay. win 42 games because Andre Karolinko is a monster. He leads the team in scoring, which is the only time he ever does that. He's sure it's 2.8 blocks a night as well, which as a small forward, yeah, I guess he's a power forward that season. Mm-hmm. That's it's His a on off numbers are ridiculous. It's a it's really like plus good 11.5. Year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of his few years where he, well, he's an efficient scorer, um, but it's one of his most efficient scoring years. I looked at that mm-hmm. year, I, I really liked the thought of that year, but the, the no playoffs. You know, 42 wins, no playoffs. This does, I think, hurt. I would have liked to have seen what he did in the playoffs. I do think... I listed you as teammates. Go look at those teammates again. Did you you even know that Greg Ostertag was playing in 2004? uh, Sadly, I did because I watched him play in 2004. (laughs) I can tell you this. He's not any better in 04 than he was uh, during during the Malone era. uh, It is not a good, good time. Um, I do think that you're... Well, Matt Harpring was was hurt half the year. That team is awful. That team wins like five games without him. They do actually. So we do. We know exactly what happens because the next year he plays half the games and mm-hmm. they they drop to a twenty six win team. Yeah, they're terrible. And I looked up what they did with him in 05, They were fifteen and twenty six when he played, which is bad. But it's not. It's not twenty six wins bad. It's more like thirty eight wins bad. Thirty five wins bad wait what did you say they were with him 15 and 26 oh i thought you said five and 26 and i was like no no that's yeah. really bad <laughs> like five and 26 this is uh make you cry bad it's a 30 win it's a 30 win pace which is unfortunate but my 
my big thing for him, um, or the thing that I think that it hurt me in looking at him, was that he just he doesn't play a lot of minutes when they finally get good. So we get to the 07, 08, and he's he's getting like 32 minutes a night in the playoffs. Um, and I was actually on a on a call with a buddy before this, and I was debating Karolinko or Tayshawn Prince. Because Prince does not have the all-star teams. Prince does not lead a team anywhere. But Prince is just Plays so good for so long. And Karolinko, I think that 4 season is better than anything else Prince has. But Yeah, but it's really not much else. He has a block title the next year. He plays in enough minutes and enough games to get the 5 block title. Yeah, but Prince, you know, Karolinko has one series over 35 minutes. It's a night. His entire playoff career. Tayshawn Prince has seven over 40 minutes. Like, yeah. Prince is on a key, I get that. is a key member of a team that makes five straight conference finals, wins a title. Um, and I'm always mad that he is not an all-star in 06 because he absolutely deserved to be an all-star in 06 and is just kind of kind of screwed by them deciding to put in Rashid over him. I don't think there's a great mm. case for Rashid to be the, the fourth Piston all-star in 06. My next guy was Sean Elliott, if you want to go that direction. Sean Elliott is actually two guys down for me. Uh, I got Calvin okay. Nat than Sean Elliott, so I'd, I'd rather do Elliott. Where'd you have Calvin Nat? A bit lower, just a bit lower, but I, I respect the seasons he had. Great scorer. Okay. You want to do the Sean Elliott talk? The Sean Elliott talk is not very interesting. It's not very exciting either. Um, imagine a small forward that was kind of good at scoring and didn't do much else. That's Sean Elliott. All right, moving on. Okay, I can add a little bit to that. <laughs> no, please, please. <laughs> so the Pistons traded Dennis Rodman for him because they were trying to reinvigorate their their lineup. And then they de- declared that this was one of the worst trades in Pistons history and traded him back to San Antonio for even less. You wonder why the mid-90s Pistons are awful. Yeah. Now, he does um, have what's known as the Memorial Day Miracle. He hits a shot in 99 to win. I forget who they're playing. I think it's the Jazz, but helps them get to the, the finals. They end up sweeping the series, so I'm not really sure how like exciting of a buzzer beater this is that he he hits. Um, he was supposed to be a three-point shooter. It's 38% on like two and a half attempts per game during his peak. It's the 90s, though. It's the 90s. That He was a good three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, he's a good three-point shooter for the 90s. Yeah, he has two seasons, 2001, 2001. How many minutes he's playing in 2001? Okay, 2001 he qualifies for 11th in the three-point field goal percentage. Yeah. That's cool. 1996, he was 12th and made threes. He's he's a shooter, he's a scorer. Yeah. There are some reasons why people will say that Dennis Rodman, or David Rodman, ah, David Robinson didn't have any help. Um, And they do kind of point to Sean Elliott being the Batman to his Robin, which is not, yeah. not like the most ringing endorsement for him, but he is a number two for, for those Spurs. He's a number two on like 59 win teams. Yeah. Um, although they do win 55 without him. As soon as he gets back, they win 62 and then 59. So like, yeah, it's 47, 49, 55 without Elliot, 62 once he comes back and then 59. And then you have the, the David Robinson injury, but I think 63 is a good spot for him. Great. Now you want to talk about some Calvin Nat? Yeah, let me hear the Calvin Nat case, please. Okay. Did you watch any Calvin Nat highlights for this? No, I didn't. Tell me about it. Shorter and stockier than you'd expect, but like pogo stick legs. Like, you. I'm trying to think of like a modern comparison. This is going to be really bad. Okay. But, but think, of, think of a little bit like the first time you see Zion Williamson jump, where it's like, mm. oh, he's kind of pudgy and like stocky and then he, he just jumps you're like oh holy cow this guy just just bounces i get it 
from what I saw of his highlights, the man does all of his damage within five feet of the rim, but like he can do it a couple of different ways. He can muscle you through. He cuts just so beautifully, and his cut is like, I am open. Give me the goddamn ball. Like, I am I am here. I am ready. Um, as far as what he actually accomplishes, he is a one-time him all-star from 1980 to 86. He is averaging 8.4 points per game, 7.2 rebounds. Um, from 80 to 84 of that part, he's on a bunch of mid-win 40s, you know, 40 you win teams with uh, John Paxson over in Portland. But then in 85, he gets to the Nuggets. And he's the number two behind Alex English and helps them make the Western Conference Finals. Uh, he gets a game off of the Lakers. I couldn't find highlights of the game, but I found the highlights of, or not the highlights, I found the like TBS announcer's intro for the next game. And it's like, Will the Lakers be able to overcome Calvin Natt and his scoring appearances? Like, you know, a team destined for the finals, disrupted by the great Calvin Natt. Very old-timey reportery, but, like, just good. He's nicknamed Pitbull, strong defensive player, undersized, but I, I really liked all that I saw. Let's do it. Let's put him at, uh, let's put Nat at 64. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to give you three names for 65. Okay. Okay. You ready for those? So let me know if anyone interests you. We have Karolinko, who we talked about. He's yep. still on the board. Gordon Hayward and Gerald Wallace. Mm. So my next three names, actually, my next four names on the board were Rodney McRae, Kelly Tripuka, Gordon Hayward, and Gerald Wallace. So we got, we got two na- two out of the next four names overlapped. Let's do a... Who were the two? It was Gordon Hayward and Gerald Wallace. Uh, so is Hayward in front of Wallace for you as well? Um, Yes. All right. that right. We're in good shape. Do you want to do that for 65? Yeah. I just... I don't love the fact that we're, we're putting... I don't know. I just... I, I do not like Gordon Hayward... Um, and, and I was actually trying to figure out more ways to knock him down. I was kind of, kind of hoping you'd come up with them. He has very no, limited I, I, I liked successes. It, but he has one great run. He has one great series. He That's hard to find. Run. 2017, 2017 takes the Jazz to the playoffs, and they beat the last edition of the Lob City. He averages 24-7-3, and they beat him in seven games, and he leads the Jazz in the scoring in that seventh game with 26 points. He leads the entire, the entire game. Um, with 26 points and they get swept by the warriors of course the next round but it's it's a really good playoff uh playoff series blake does get hurt in game three i mean blake always gets hurt blake always blake Some, always, someone always gets, gets hurt, hurt. <laughs> but but i just don't know that we really need to like boost up gordon because the clippers are up to one and then blake falls out of the series and, and the jazz that's come a, back that's to a win 51 win jazz team though mm-hmm. led by gordon Hayward. and really gordon if we want to talk about the talents Gordon had a lot going for him. He was a, a wonderful playmaker and scorer before he snapped his leg, and, and he's really just never recovered. He will also join Ennis Cantor as like the next right-wing grifter or ex-NBA player, but that that's besides the point. He was actually a really good player pre-leg snap. I hope not. Okay, can we, can we do Gerald Wallace at 67? Crash? Uh, 66. What? Nat was 64. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hayward 65. Well, can we sneak in Karolinko before then? Because I, I had it written down. Um, can I sneak Prince in? Fine. Fine. It, it's just the Prince. Prince has, he doesn't have the offensive game. But Prince is just legitimately one of the best defenders for such a long time that I, I think I, I think that what you want from either Eric Karolinko or Gerald Wallace is to be Tayshaun Prince. 
Like, if your team is successful, you want them to be Tayshaun Prince. And Pr- Prince just does it for longer, does it better. I, yeah, I'm in, sure. So we have Calvin Nat at 64, and then Hayward at 65. You're not going to let me Prince ramp on Prince. No, you are. You have been. You have been. Okay, okay. And then Karolinko at 67, and then Wallace at 68. Sure, sure. Awesome. Man, that's a that's a tight defensive cluster. Yeah, it's it's a really fun uh, it's a fun group when you start talking about like the, the kind of defensive specialists. Joe Wallace, Crash, G Force, just an awesome player. Has that pretty insane 2010 season for Charlotte. It's an actual kind of a good Bobcats team. Mm-hmm. I know that's hard to imagine, but he's 18 points and 10 boards, two assists with 2.6 stocks blocks and steals combined but he has a steal title 1.4 steals for a career 0.8 blocks he's flying around i remember gerald wallace playing for longer like being like the old man but i just feel like injuries and his game not being great for the modern like made him seem like oh man gerald wallace is out there but he was 32 in 2015 i thought he was like 37 when i was 15 years old when that happened um and so i thought getting into the NBA like oh Jared Wallace is really old but you guys drafted him in your your all-time Sacramento mm-hmm. draft which I think is preposterous I, did. I think this is what well, I took <laughs> I took him I want well I I couldn't I can't have too many scorers Nate it's only one basketball yeah but he played like five minutes a night for Sacramento no he played 10 minutes a night for Sacramento and it was really important <laughs> I'm not taking him I'm not taking it wasn't like a legacy pick it wasn't we weren't drafting these teams and how good they were you're we trying to craft a functioning sacramento team didn't you guys leave doug christie out no i took doug christie okay okay i took doug christie i th- we got everybody i mean we went a little bit deeper than i anticipated we ended up going two more rounds two extra rounds the only one we kind of would be blanked on and that just slipped through was uh ron artest mm. i took him i drafted him but it was towards the end and i'm like oh my god like we forgot about ron artest and sharif abdul rahim no, I didn't. Forget about I did not. I didn't forget. About I know. Shreep I know you didn't forget about Shreve Abdul Rahim. <laughs> well, so now we we get Mister Sixty Nine. Um, I've got I, I've got three nominations. I know you're gonna really like one, so I'm kind of hesitant to bring him up because he's my third back guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got Rodney McRae, Kelly Trapuca, and Jalen Rose. I like McRae actually. I like Rose. I ended up looking deeper into that, and I think you're right. I had him a bit higher, pushed him back a bit. I like Rodney McCray, great defensive, helped the Rockets make a finals. When you were doing this, did you stumble into the uh, oral history of the 86 Rockets on Grantland? So Grantland's got got an oral history of the 86 Rockets, and they're basically like, yeah, we beat the Lakers because we put McCray at the top of the key and ran our offense through them, and the Lakers could just never figure out quite how to both defend him and keep a guy on Hakeem and... Uh, Ralph Sampson and if you look at it games two through five he's averaging 11 points per game but 9.5 assists per game and eight rebounds like McCray is just all over the place there's an alternate timeline where Rodney McCray stays healthy doesn't have any off the court issues Ralph Sampson stays healthy doesn't have any off the court issues and the Rockets battle the Lakers for the entire 80s and 90s well, not 90s, but the entire 86 up until like 90, 91, 92. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Magic and Hakeem over and over and over again. But with those guys falling out, the Rockets just could not replace them. And I'm pretty sure 
is it McCray traded for Thorpe? Yes, McCray is traded for yeah. Thorpe. Yeah, but he was he was he breaks down towards the end of his career, and I I couldn't find anything about that. I only found something. It was a description of an interview that I had to pay for that I did not pay for, but it said Rodney McCray talks about his injuries and off the court struggles during his NBA career. His Wikipedia says nothing about that, but it lines up with his pretty dramatic fall off. Yeah, that tracks. But also, he is All Defensive First Team in '88, Second Team in '87. Uh, Kind of fits with our theme of sticking with uh, sticking with great defensive small forwards. Sure thing. Also, four, five, six assists per game. Might have lied about the six assists, but sometimes in the playoffs. Yeah. No, I, I mean, they they could run it through him. Uh, I found a quote on him uh, saying that he's you know, a great all-around player, consummate pro. He is strong enough to play the four in some lineups and a good enough passer to play the two or the one. So, you know, streaky shooter, but kind of did the other things, which at this point in the list... These guys aren't your number one. These guys are probably not your number two. So I, I want the guy that can kind of do a lot they more. They may the be your number three. Yes. Maybe your number three, if you're lucky. If you're really lucky, they're your number four and you're in great shape. Oh, God. If, yeah, if these guys are your number four, you're, I, I mean, that's that's what Tayshaun was for the Pistons. And I guess he's actually their five. And that's why they're five straight conference finals. I have a great nomination for the next guy. Okay. Kansas City King legend Scott Webbin. No. Yes. Yes, he should be. He should be on here. You hate the Kings for some reason. I don't know why. We didn't beat you guys in the playoffs ever. So this disdain is is unwarranted. The 1980 Kansas City Kings. Webbin's an all-star. He's 19 points a game, six boards, two assists. They win 47 games. That's important to know. Come playoff time, he is the leading scorer on the team. 20 to 23 points, seven boards, and three assists. Then the next season, they win just 40 games, but they have the big conference finals run with Wedman averaging a nice 21 points, six boards, and four assists. Plus, he's an all-defensive caliber player. He makes an all-defensive team. The all-defense is nice. Playoff run. Playoff run. All-defensive teams. All-star and a winning team. What else could you want? That's fair. His 76th year is definitely not uh, good. It's, it's an all-star on a 31-51 and 51 win team that has Tiny Archibald, Sam Lacey, and Jimmy Walker, and they can't win 40 games? I'm just, I, I don't know how that happens. What do you know about his, his tenure with Boston? I remember he's on those teams because I played 2K, and I'm like, yeah, Scott Wedman, like I, like, I know that. And he's, uh, he's coming off the bench, basically, has two rings. He, deep bench, deep, deep bench. Yeah. Um, for sure i'm not entirely against it uh, i did have him quite a ways down but like we're splitting hairs and i do want to get he's got to be top seven okay we, we can get him top 75 but maybe not all right, 70 all right M- my next three you know kelly trapuca jalen rose xavier mcdaniels any thoughts there xavier mcdaniels used to walk around the locker room fully erect after games <laughs> what I was trying to figure. Out, I was trying to figure out some joke to make after that. I just couldn't. The, the, the Pistons were not firing enough to figure out how to turn this into a joke. Off of pure desire and joy of the uh, to win, they succeeded in in winning a basketball game. He would get as hard as a rock and put a towel on it and then walk around. I think that might be drugs. <laughs> I'm just saying that's worth something. X-Men's an exciting player, though. X-Men's an exciting I'm more, player. I have him above Tripuka, and I have both of them above Rose. Really? You mess... So, 
I'm going to read the text. I messaged you, I, I messaged you and, and, and then I went back, and I went over it with my brother beforehand, and I was like, I just think I'm overvaluing these guys who like the good playoff runs, but without like the, the body of work, and I moved him down a bunch. I think he's in the top 75. Well, all right, so we, we've got six names left that we really, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get in. Can, can we at least narrow down that six names? You Sure. You said Scott Wedman's in your six. I have Scott Wedman. Do you want me to read mine? Yeah. Or? Scott Wedman, Jim McMillan, Danny Granger, Xavier McDaniel, Kelly Tripuka, and Jalen Rose. Okay. Oh, so Cincinnati's Powell didn't make it. Nah, he ended up falling out, but I do like it. I like it because he's pretty good into like 74, and he makes his all-star teams in 70 and 71, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. Okay. So I didn't have Granger or, um, or Wedman. But I really didn't like my 75, so I'm, I'm super happy for you to make a case is to have, have someone over him. The guys that I had that you didn't are Mike Mitchell, Cincinnati's Powell, and Corey Maggetti. Get Corey Maggetti out of here. I think Corey Maggetti's good. I don't think he's that good at all. I don't think he's that good at all. Is it because the teams didn't win? How many? It's because they were terrible. It's the Clippers. <laughs> I know, but if like his stats aren't good enough to justify being on a 25-win team every year. It's... They're not 25 win. They got 28 uh, in 04. Uh, 30 to 31. Yeah, 28, win. 37, and when they, 47, when they make the 40, 23. We'll, we'll, we'll skip over the 23. It's, yeah, yeah I, I know what you're going to say is that 47 win is that is Elton Brand. And it is. But he's still the mm-hmm. number two guy. And McGinty is a very efficient scorer. It's Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Yeah. Cassell is the second best player in the Okay. Okay. All right. So so let's we'll eliminate Corey Maggette. He was the lowest of my guys. Is okay, that's solid. That's fine. What, what what dropped you out on Mike Mitchell and uh, and Powell? Because we 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 discussed them before this. The Cincy Powell. It's simply early ABA stuff, and he's not that great. He has one All ABA team that first season. There's no crazy playoff runs. It's not hard to be great in the 68, 69 ABA seasons, and he's just not at a high enough level. Mike Mitchell. It's one All Star team. I just wasn't that interested. That's the regular scoring, but not much else guard. And am I right on that? Did you do you see something else in Mike Mitchell? Or well, so, I, I really to be honest. I, I didn't deep dive on Mike Mitchell. I just wasn't as into it. So let's let's start with Powell because Powell he's he's all ABA in '68, which is the same thing that we were saying about about Doug Moe at the start of this. And Powell actually plays better as the ABA continues. I mean, not not better than his '68 season, but he still plays well. He stays at about that level. I think he's no longer all ABA because you just get more good players. But like Mo declines, and I would say hey, that Powell's ends his career at I, I would say a higher point than I just value what Mo did to start, which is like second place MVP, almost winning a championship, winning a championship. Powell has none of that. Seventy one, he makes the finals uh, and and delivers a pretty good good series, including Game Six where he puts up thirty one and seventeen. Yeah. I'm looking at Mike Mitchell again. I don't know. Maybe I was too harsh. He doesn't make the playoffs in any of those Cleveland years, but he plays a lot of minutes. Like he's there up like 39 minutes, 36 minutes a game on some playoff bound Spurs teams. Yeah, the Spurs are really good when he gets to the Spurs and he's, he continues to put up similar numbers for the next couple of years with the Spurs. Uh, he's got four playoff series averaging over 20 points yeah. per game. Did you, did you notice uh, in 83, they go to game seven and win by 40? No, I don't. I'm looking at it right now. I see game six. 
uh, let me grab of that game because it was just like you know sometimes digging back it's like what the fuck happened you know i think i was wrong i look at i mean just just off of this 83 conference finals versus the lakers 26 10 and 1 on 54 percent shooting that's pretty good do we yeah. undervalue mike mitchell sorry it's it's a game five against denver because it's best of five. And oh. it was, I wrote down elimination game. I just jumped to game seven in my mind. But it's, it's oh, an yeah, elimination game. No, Whoop on him. It's not that serious. Poor Kiki Vanderway couldn't. Oh, yeah. I got it. I'm looking at it. You got it? What, what game By is 40. it? 40. Where am I not? It's game, uh, it's game five of the semifinals. Okay. 83 uh, first. Day. So it's not elimination. Just, it's just, yeah. just a, a brutal slaughter of them. What's elimination for, for Denver? Yeah. <laughs> they, they can, if they lose, they go home. I'm just mixing yeah, up Denver, get their that year's for. Denver and the next year's Denver, where it's a first round, it's best of five. Mitchell's terrible in this game. They don't need Six them. points on three of 12 shooting. They don't need him. I, I mean, they, they blow the doors off so fast just in that game that they just don't play anyone. Yeah. They're just like, okay, cool. Like, Gervin plays 30 minutes that night because it's yeah. just out of reach. Okay. What are we doing? What, what's our, what's, I think Wedman should be the nomination. How do you feel about it? Uh, all defensive teams. Cool playoff run. Two cool all-star appearances. I, I'm fine with Wedman in here. All right, great. I'd like to eliminate Danny Granger from consideration. Yeah, but he's so good that one year. He's like fourth in points per game. He's so good that one year, but they don't make the playoffs. They're, they're, he's not able to get his team in that high. We never see him contribute to winning. The no, other couple of years are really do. bad. We do. Yeah, we do. 2012 20 points a night to, to eliminate the magic 2011 22 5 and 3 okay when he, against the bulls yeah i guess he's got the one he has three straight seasons of 20 point, or like we can lump in 2008 2008 to 2011 2008 to 2012 he's 22 points a night like it's the one season where he's incredible but he's still playing at a high level so 2008 36 wins 2009 36 wins 2010 32 wins 2011 37 wins who's his best teammate troy murphy troy murphy troy, yeah. murphy? troy murphy makes uh one of these top 30s he's got rudy gobert or still he's got darren collinson like rudy, none of the which, other which rudy are we talking about um sorry roy hibbert rudy gobert roy, roy hibbert. hibbert that's basically, yeah, the basically same. The same. It's, it's the same guy it's different eras gobert hadn't or gobert i'm doing the same shit hibbert hasn't hadn't taken off yet 2009 troy murphy is 30th on my statistical model behind Carmelo Anthony. Great. Can we not can we can it's we knock out Danny Granger? <laughs> fine, fine. I think he should be in there before. Alright, so now we've got six names left. Jim McMillan. You wanna knock out Jim McMillan? Or you wanna nominate Jim Jim McMillan? I wanna nominate Jim Okay. McMillan. I like Jim McMillan. And uh you know, comes in for uh Elgin Baylor. Actually, you know the the funny thing is you always kinda hear that they're like, alright, we gotta start Jim McMillan and then Baylor retires. And that, that opens up the McMillan starting spot. But McMillan averaged like 40 minutes a night the previous playoff run when, when Baylor was still like on the team. It, like His speed really helps the 72 Lakers. He is the fourth guy on the 72 Lakers, but they don't win mm-hmm. if he's not there. No, he's... Well, he's playing the, the second most minutes. He's always out there. And he's the one guy that isn't 6,000 years mm-hmm. old. That team is ancient he, with Wilt and... Goodrich and well, Goodrich isn't that old yet, but West and whatnot. It's a little bit the Andrew Wiggins showing up when you've got all of the other yeah. old guys, and it's like, all right, we're 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 gonna rest you guys as soon as anything's out of reach. McMillan plays in even for his entire career, seventy-two playoff games at thirty-eight minutes per game, seventeen points, five boards, two assists. 
it's contributions to yeah. winning. Like good teams want him out there. His teammate Keith Erickson says, you know, Jim could run and fill the lanes with the best of them. Jim was young and eager. He's a perfect complement for the team. I'll take it. That's great. I think um I think the next guy I'm trying to find a quote. The next guy I had was was Xavier McDaniel. Let me let me find that up. The X Man. Quote McDaniel prioritized manhood, specifically his own manhood. According to McDaniel's teammates in his Seattle, he often walked around the Sonics locker room fully erect after games, hanging towels on his hearted member. He also fought people and fought them constantly. I'm not sure what that last line is about, but that's that's yeah. I don't know if that that helps or hurts. Um, <laughs> he was, dude, he just, he was so into winning that he just gets rock hard and walks around. Tell me that Kelly Tribuca cared that much about winning. I don't think Kelly Tribuca cared about anything that much. I don't, um, I don't, I don't see. Uninspiring. X-Men is inspiring. It makes you want to get hard and do stuff. <laughs> I, so I was, I was pulling up one of my basketball almanacs to try to get the, the year by year scouting report for him. And they had this in there. Uh, that thrives as an intimidator. Plays physical if unpolished defense. Good mid-range turnaround, fantastic finish. Not as good of a driver as one would expect. And streaky outside shooter. Which, I think at this point, you've got the limitations. You've got the fact that he can be a lot of good things for a team. Um, kind of reminds me a bit of an Anthony Mason. And I think this is about where we're going to end up with Mace. Um, so, I, I'm I'm cool with it. I locked him in at 72. All right. At this point, I've got Kelly Tribuco or Jalen Rose. I don't know if I had a... We took out McGreen or McGranger. Uh, we took out Granger. So since he pals back on my top seventy-five. Okay. Um, I had Tripuka and then Rose. Do you want to see yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. You want to make the Tripuka right. case? Dude scored a lot of points. Dude scored a lot of points. Absolute fucking turnstile on defense. Could not guard <laughs> a garden gnome. <laughs> he really couldn't. But he comes into the league immediate all star. He was a twelfth pick. Comes into Detroit nineteen eighty two. Fifty percent shooting. Twenty two points a night. Next season, the team is terrible. He misses a good chunk of the games. Leads league in minutes, 27 points a night, five boards, four assists. Next year, 21 points, four boards, three assists. Puts up 19 points per game, then 20 points per game. Then gets traded for Adrian Dantley, which I thought felt was really interesting. Just seeing the value he held. And he's out of the league by uh, age 32. I mean, alert. He also puts up a barn burner of a 1989 season. Back up to 23 points per game on a brutal... 20 and 62 hornets team you know you know the larry bird quote about like you're gonna put a white guy on me you're gonna defend me with a white guy yeah that's that's kelly tribuca tribute uh rex chapman talked <laughs> about that he's like yeah we put kelly on him uh he went out for the jump ball and bird looking at, it, at the rest of it, he's like you guys gonna put tribuca on me put tribuca on me all right we run in and four possessions into the game bird is posting up kelly and four possessions he's got two baskets a basket and and one and an assist, and we decided we had to put Kelly on someone else. <laughs> like the 1984 first round versus the Knicks, Tripuka is 27 points, five boards, and three assists. So the production is there offensively, even if Bird is going to pick on him like that. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff at this point in the list. I think it's a good selection. Yeah. You want to talk about Jalen Rose? What you liked, what you didn't like? Because we kind of went back and forth on him. So the things that I like about Rose is that he can do a bit of everything. The things that I dislike about Jalen Rose is that he doesn't do any of it that good. Like, um, the Pacers traded Mark Jackson to bring in Rose. And their thought with this is that he's going to be a bigger guard. He can defend more. Um, but also that he can still play the one next to Reggie Miller. Um, because he, it, at that point in Denver, he was averaging like six and a half assists. 
And so they bring him in, and it's just like an instant flop. They end up having to go back and get Mark Jackson and back. Um, you know, Rose is, is supposedly a bigger wing. What is he, 6'8"? Yeah, 6'8", long wingspan. But he's he's never like a good defender. He's average, maybe above average, but he's never good. As a scorer, he's never good. As a passer, he's, you know, maybe good for his position. But it's just like he does everything average to above average but nothing well has a great 2000 playoff run though Fant- and for his size I mean, he's playing small forward power forward some point guard at times yeah. there's a great quote that i cannot find and i don't know if he said this i don't know if someone else said this but it's like in the back of my head from 10 years ago i think it's about i think it's about if you can find this let me know i think it's about jalen rose and like the oh four bulls or something whatever bulls team he's on and that team is not good but the names are pretty are pretty fun like a jamal crawford and whatnot and i think he said in a post game interview that he's not sure why they're bad because he put this team into 2k and they were pretty good and i i don't know if he really said that i don't know if i'm making that up i swear to god i remember it and I cannot find it again because you look up like Jalen Rose 2K. It's a billion, you know, it's a video game. It's it's 100 percent it, false if it's about the 04 Bulls. 2K was okay. wasn't a like at, at that point. EA Live that was the game. There is still 2Ks. Yeah, but 04. people didn't play 2K. Like I don't know what the they kind of did whatever it was. He put it into the basketball game. Or... Aaron, you want to you want to go somewhere, or you're you're just sitting at your computer. <laughs> what do you use to map? Or was that it out? the was it that was it the Knicks season? But I think it was the 06 you're not help, Knicks, actually. You're not, you're not helping my metaphor. If, if you're trying to figure out the Sorry. distance from something and you're sitting at your computer, you're not using your phone, how are you going to map yeah, it? I have no idea what you're talking about. One more one more time. If you're going to pull something up to map it on your, on your computer. Okay. Like to map yeah. it? Like, like to, yeah, go, to somewhere? go somewhere? You're just like, hey, yeah, where, like, like where Google is it? Yeah, Google Maps. There was a time when everyone used MapQuest. That's, that's what NBA Live was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I have a bunch of NBA lives. I used to, I guess, collect in a way old 2K and live games. I have a bunch of them. That's yeah. So like, if he's saying 2K back in 04, that's that's. I think it's 06. Okay, because it's like Stephon Marbury and Jamal Crawford and Steve Francis. I mean, they get traded for each other. That might be. I made the switch in 07, and like that. That's when it was like, what are you doing with live? Like, yeah, got 2K. Yeah, 2K was his stuff. Okay, we have one more spot. Do you want Cincy Powell? I'm willing to nominate Willie Knowles. No. If you're interested. Not interested in Willie All right. Knowles. Yeah, that, that, that Knicks group is so interesting because Kenny Sears made this list too. He was in the back end and there's all these like all-stars and Hall of Famers and they just aren't good. They're just not good. I got, I got a Kenny good. Sears quote that I think you're going to like. Sure. Playing against a team like Boston, who we played a dozen times, we just couldn't compete with them. And then when Wilt Chamberlain came into the league, we were nowhere. I think that just, just you're yeah. like, oh. All right, you uh, you've aptly recognized that you guys were not good <laughs> as soon as uh, Bill Russell and Wilt came into the league. Good. So you want Cincy Powell at seventy five? I want Mike Mitchell. I'm into it. That's right. I forgot about Mike. I, I think what he does with with the Spurs is a lot more impressive than we give him credit for. The eighty one run. I don't like being an all star on a bad team. It's twenty four points, but but it's it's not that impressive. I'm also gonna say I think that this man could have had an insane career. But do you know what his nickname is? I do not. Mitch the Stitch. Do you know why that's important? Injuries? Surgeries? Fashion. He designed his own clothing brand and leaves the NBA in 89. He's He was a part-time starter. He's, you know, getting 13 points per game, 22 minutes, part-time starter with the Spurs. Leaves the NBA in the 88-89 season to go to Italy to promote his fashion brand. And 
be being that, that Catholic. That's pretty cool. Right? Plays That's pretty plays cool. Plays 11 seasons in Italy, which I think is just the way to do life. Like, you're like, all right, I got to make this transition to my next career because at this time, NBA money does not pay. You know, I'm not going to be living off my NBA money. So he's like, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna just play ball in Italy for ten years, eleven years. Is he still alive? No, he's dead. He's been dead for twelve years. Oh, man, shame. We could all be rocking Mitch the Stitch stuff. Yeah. Wonder if the brand survived him. All right. You want me to read these names? God, I'm scared too. I got it. I'm reading them. So, fifty-one. John Drew, Doug Moe, Luol Deng, Richard Jefferson, Andrew Wiggins at fifty-five. Jack Marin, Jamal Mashburn, Bob Freerick, Bob Fierick. Right? There's no R. It's well. There's one R. It's it's Fierick. There's one R. Yeah. Bob Fierick. Bob Fierick. Brandon Ingram. Cedric Maxwell. Jerome Kersey. Cron Butler. Sean Elliott. Calvin Nat. Gordon Hayward. Tayshawn Prince. Andre Karolinko. Gerald Wallace. Roddy McRae. Seventy is Scott Wedman. Jim McMillan. Xavier McDaniel. Kelly Tripuka. Jalen Rose and Mike Mitchell. Great list, Nate. Great list. Good list. Join us next time. Well, next small forward time. When we continue the Cincinnati's Powell, maybe get some Corey Maggette, Terry Dissinger. Hito Turkle. Hito. Yeah. Hito was a tough one for me to cut, but that that side of that 08 year, it just didn't feel like he had it. 08, 09. Um, Tony Kukoc. We're going to have some... We're getting into role players. For sure. I felt so strange taking Kukoc out. But honestly, if I had a pick of the role players, I would rather have Bowen than Kukoc. Yeah. And that's crazy because I think about Kukoc as like the six man on the 96 Bulls, but he just isn't, he really isn't playing that much. It, He's never playing that much. He's not playing that well either. It's tough because he, he really is a small forward and it's like, okay, do you want to take out Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen? No. All right. Well, we can put him at power for Rodman. Like just, yeah. But, all right. Well, where can the people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok as always. Find me at the Hoops Temple Pod on TikTok. Uh, also, if you guys have comments about the list that are maybe longer than what you could just post on TikTok, email us at hoopstemple@gmail.com. We will read them, and your comments may make it on the episode. So hit us up there. Na, 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 na.